Good morning. On this bowl of question crunch, costumer, actor, and professional haunter Brett Gustafson is here to answer questions about spending hours to become the clown prince of crime, the weight of being gluttony, and haunting a house as a snowflake ghost. <laughs> I think that we met, I'm pretty sure we met at Midsummer Scream, which I think I've mentioned in uh, many episodes of this podcast, because it's one of my favorite shows, and you've always been so damn impressive. Thank you. Appreciate like, every time, every time we meet, I'm just always, uh, I'm like, damn, because um, usually you're in costume, and the costumes are fantastic as hell. <laughs> Thank you. I think that. Oh, uh, go on. Well, I was gonna say yeah. It's um, what I, what I love about conventions is my most favorite aspect is like dressing up, being like a character, and then walking around, kind of doing my own thing, and just seeing the convention, interacting with everybody. It's it's a great time. But uh, yeah. And you go all out. Um, so you're in costuming. You're in. You you've been a. Uh, I mean, what what it, is the term haunter? Yeah, you can say that, and like haunter, like cosplay, acting, it's all together, just like portraying something and just being in that character and like the real world that we're in. So, you know, if it's like something from a, a game or a movie, like how would they interact in the real world? Like while they're, you know, walking around the convention floor, go get something to eat, grab a beer, stuff like that. I always thought that was really cool, you know, and, you know, all these little facets of uh media coming together interacting in one big place mm -hmm. um now for people who don't know uh haunter the reason why i bring that up is just because uh brett has done um been a haunter and if you don't know what a haunter is it's the folks that go to like spooky mazes or shows or events um at theme parks to scare people scare attendees scare guests mm -hmm. um so what got you into all of that? What got you into costuming, acting, slash performing? All of the lists, all of the lists of amazing creative stuff that you do. All right. So it all began when I was a little, probably like a baby. With my mom on Halloween, she was, she, she would love to decorate the house and she would love to dress up herself uh, and then give out candy to the kids, like while my dad would take like my older brother out. Um, so I was like, the earliest memories I have is she would have my, playpen um kind of situated near the door so i could see all the kids that were trick-or-treating and i'm like peering up looking at them she would go over you know dressed up as like a witch or something and give out the, the candy to the kids and then when i got to be old enough to go out you know she would i would have a little costume of my own and i just loved it it was so cool like she would decorate the house and you know uh, you know the whole everything was so it was so cool you know like the fall time. I'm from Massachusetts and New England, you know, with like the weather, it's it's amazing there. So yeah, that's where it began, like to to dress up to become play pretend, you know, even for one day a year. And now it's many more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but that but then it then it evolved into like a really professional makeup because uh your makeup work is I don't want to say second to none, 
because I've seen a lot of really great makeup artists, but yours are uh, impressive as hell. When 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 did that evolve? Because uh, I you know many many years ago I did cosplay as a Joker and I kind of barely I'm not gonna say I'm good at makeup because I'm not. Um, <laughs> I remember one Joker was like uh, they suggested you know uh, if you add some black and make your face gray it looks better in photos. I was like all right cool sold. Thank you very much, person who knows more about makeup than I do. Um, how did how did that happen? How did you get so good? Well, uh, I guess growing up, I always loved movies and cinema and like uh, the movie industry. Like seeing these things as a little kid, like practical effects and like making someone up, like things from like Terminator and you know, all the all the monster movies, all like the the stuff that it's actually real and you can touch it. It always like fascinated me, and then like, and DVD extras came out, like you know, like ooh, watch this. Like one of the, my my first big thing I ever did was probably I did like an um, the X Men Two Nightcrawler because they had this whole thing where they showed like the makeup process for him getting made up, and I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I watched it to death, and I did that it was like uh, my senior year of high school, so I, it was probably like it was really elaborate, like every inch of my my body was covered in something except maybe the whites of my eyes, you know? Uh, but I, I thought it was just so cool. So, you know, a lot of like trial and error, I was never professionally trained in like a class. I just, just through pursued interest. I'm like, that looks really cool. I want to try it out. So I would like look up and, you know, before the days of Amazon, you actually had to go out and buy things in stores um, or like, you know, makeup websites, things like that. I'm like, this seems like it would be, it would do the trick. So, uh, yeah, things like that just get, like, this This sounds like it should work. Let's try it out. Maybe it would work. Maybe it wouldn't. You know, a lot of trial and error, you know. So, yeah, it just kind of happened through that, like that pursued interest. Mm. Holy shit. Um, and I say that because I, I, I thought when you were answering this, I thought you were going to say something like, oh, yeah, I took a makeup class because, uh, what was it? Um, you have a zombie character. Who's like uh the what's that term the 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 biker the biker de zombie the biker zombie let me think what is it the uh Greece. what's the oh, term oh yeah oh the greaser yeah greaser I oh, can't I... believe I said the movie and I took all I had to do was put <laughs> R on it and that's the term yeah yeah I I always thought that was cool like um I love like like fifties and sixties like that whole kind of like romanticized era of like Oh, you know, let's drag race. And, you know, like the music of that time it was very, like, kind of like uh, romanticized. Let's, like, let's race and maybe we'll die and maybe we won't. You know, it's like that whole risk thing. Like, we got to preserve our honor, but we're in high school. <laughs> Stuff like that. You know, and like the, the music and the cars and the, the dress style, I always thought that was really cool. And, you know, they've done movies think about stuff like that, you know, and like songs, um, like Dead Man's Curve. And I guess that was really cool. So I kind of played with that. So yeah, just take a different spin on like a, a zombie that you don't usually see. Still, you know, that particular zombie, like I can still remain kind of handsome. You know, I'm not like decayed. You can tell I'm dead, but you know, I'm like, mm, yeah, still doing my hair, stuff like that. But you're telling me that that makeup is just trial and error. Yeah, you know, um. I've done a lot of zombies in the past and, you know, it's just a matter of 
you know, getting that dead look, like what looks dead, you know, convincing yourself. I like, I always have to convince myself first, or if I'm going to do anything, I'm like, well, if I'm not going to buy it, who else is, you know? So I like, you know, have that, yeah, I've been like dead for a while kind of look like the skin, like the discoloration stuff like that necrotic flesh. So work with your eyes, depending, you know, that's always a big one. Like play with your teeth. That always gets people like when you color your teeth with stuff like, oh my God, you need to brush your teeth. Like, you know, contacts, like, oh, nice contacts. But once you do your teeth, like, hey, that's gross, you know. <laughs> I don't know what it is about teeth or mouth, but a lot of people like to make jokes about that. Whenever like you, whenever a monster gets close, the, the first go-to joke I always hear is, uh, oh, your breath smells. It's like, really? Where, why, why is that the go-to joke, the go-to comeback? Right? I know. It's, you hear it all the time in the haunt industry. Like, sure, everyone who's scared anyone ever, like, you know, hears that. So. That's, that's such a weird... <laughs> I don't know. I th I'm, I'm, I'm taken aback by that. Because like, I, I never want to make that joke just because it's such a cliche. And uh -huh. I feel like it's super basic. And that's saying that's me saying that because I'm I you know throughout October I've been drinking I've been eating anything that has pumpkin something pumpkin related something I'll eat it so I'm basic as hell but not basic enough to criticize the smell of uh the the, the breath of a monster that tries to scare me not gonna happen yeah it's really silly I, I try to think of like the thought process of these people that like say and do the things at, like a, an event that they're have, supposed to have fun at, like, on their day off, or, like, you know, it's crazy. Like, people that pick fights with you, they, like, they, they, they say anything in the world to you. It's, it's crazy. It's like, just have fun. <laughs> Before but, the pandemic, I loved going to Not Scary Farm. Mm -hmm. And people have asked me why I go to the clown, the clown area, knowing I'm afraid of clowns. Um, and I always tell them, uh, I paid to get scared. To be at a haunted, to be at not scary farm to get scared. Why would I pay that much money to not get scared or not experience something that's dumb? Mm -hmm. Seriously, yeah, that's that's great. That's the whole point. And like so many people like to pretend, oh, I'm not scared, but you know, that's that's the fun. Like I, I I love to get scared too. The big the, the the creep that I am, I love to get like oh oh you know like surprise around every corner or like someone that like really gives me the creeps. You know I'm not. Ready to admit that? That's what it's for. Yeah. Right? And, and if, you, like, if you already, if you bought the ticket, why try to be brave? That just mm -hmm. doesn't make any sense to me. Or yeah. like people who, who go see a horror movie and they're like, you know, I don't get scared by horror movies. It's like, then don't go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not the place for you, you know? <laughs> I always love that. Like, get scared, then like crack up afterwards. You know, it's, it's hilarious. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. Um. One of my favorite scares at Not Scary Farm was uh, we were in the uh, we were in a maze called I think Trick or Treat, and um, I was laughing because I came up to a sheet ghost, and I was like, "This is a theme park. You can do better than a sheet ghost. You have the money. You have you have the uh, you you have a whole production team, and you come up with sheet ghosts. This is silly." And I was mocking the sheet ghost, and I uh, I was still looking behind me mocking the sheet ghost and i was coming up to a corner and the moment i turned back to see where i was going i ran face to face with the scariest fucking clown i've ever seen 
And I remember <laughs> kind of like falling down when I ran into him. That was a good scare. That was I, I did not know the cheat ghost was a distraction. Uh, well done, not scary part. Nice. That little setup scare, you know, like something's got your attention. You keep looking back and then bam, something else gets you. That was a good scare. Not- there's something subtly creepy about like the uh the simple cheat ghosts like what's under there you know kind of like in halloween when michael myers had the the sheet on like and he's just breathing that's like pretty spooky you know but yeah i usually it's like it's silly Ooh. <laughs> like beetlejuice or something mm. um so makeup you did trial by error which is fantastic because a lot of people feel like uh to do any kind of artistry, you have to be professionally trained. You have to take classes. But a lot of it is if you have a hunger to learn something, you can do it. You just have to actually be active in the learning process. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. And like working with what you have, I'm big about that. Like, you know, obviously no one has access to like these like Hollywood level effects, like supplies, but you don't need them you know, they're nice, but you don't need them. Like you can make amazing things happen with like cheap, cheap latex cotton, you know, just, it's just all about working it and making sure it looks convincing. And yeah, I've used like trash bags and like, you know, other just oddball things to have that, the effect, the desired effect created, you know, whatever I can get my hands on. So yeah, it's all about working within your own budget, you know, and having fun. It shouldn't stress you out too much, you know. Now, what got you into acting? Because that's another uh, thing that I mentioned on the list of uh, amazing talents that you have. Thank you. Well, I guess, yeah, again, with the, like, watching movies growing up and just, like, thinking how, oh, that looks so cool. And, like, you know, uh, <laughs> again, the DVD extra, I was watching Indiana Jones, and there was, I think it was, uh, like, Raiders or something, or a trilogy. And like Harrison Ford's like, ah, oh, this is what we do for a living. We make movies. Come to Hollywood. I'm like, cool. And I, was, I never really thought about it too much. But the more I thought about it, I'm like, that sounds like fun. I could do that, you know? So it was always like a like a pipe dream, like California, like moving out to Hollywood. Uh, you know, I'm from Massachusetts. And, you know, it was always in the back of my mind, like, I should get out there. I should get out there. And then, like, again, like, incorporating, like, well, I love to dress up and play characters and, and pretend uh you know and like i went to this convention where i met the um the boondock saints it's cool and like i would, I would chat with them and I would, I would always ask like you know like oh like do you have any advice for like an aspiring actor and uh what's his name um oh my god his name's escaping me sean patrick flannery he was uh he's like yeah he's like what do you want to do like theater like, like, like movies tv's like all right pack your shit move to la you know i'm like okay so that's what it did eventually, you know, but um, yeah, it took some time to get that, get everything set. But when the time came the, to do that, like finally made it happen. But before that, I was getting involved in theater. I didn't get involved with theater in high school at all. It was, um, it, was it wasn't until like college. I'm not sure. I was like super shy back in like junior high and started coming out of my shell in high school. And then finally started getting on stage in like college. Which was a blast. I had so much fun doing it. And I was like, yeah, this feels feels right. You know, putting on something and entertaining people and everything. And that's where now, 
Now that that does lead you to go into haunts, I believe, when you're talking about uh, being very little with your mom, uh, doing you know, hand out candy in a spooky way, um, love of makeup, love of being in movies, coming to L.A. And now we lead to uh, because it's a spooky season. I want to talk about the haunts because go, scrolling through your Instagram, I knew about one haunt that you were in, and then I saw others. How many haunts have you done? So I added them up. Uh, this morning, and I believe it's six altogether. You know, uh, it started in uh, Boston, Massachusetts, at this place called Spooky World. But they've been around for quite a while, and they've had a couple different locations. It started in Berlin, Mass, and then Foxborough, Mass, then Boston, and then they moved up to New Hampshire, where they were at Canopy Lake Park for a, a year. Then after that, they merged with another haunt called Nightmare New England. So it became Spooky World presents Nightmare New England. Spooky World and Nightmare New England. So I was there for about like five years. Uh, and that, that place was awesome. Just, um, you know, I'll get more on that later. But uh, it was that one. Then I came out to LA and I first did uh, Rob Zombie's Great American Nightmare. And then they were here for a year. Then the year after that, I did LA Hayride for a year. And after that, I did Queen Mary's Dark Harbor. And then after that, Simultaneously, I was actually at, uh, working at Universal at the Walking Dead attraction, and they had the walking uh, that attraction open for Halloween Horror Nights because it's a maze, perfect. Uh, so I was doing those kind of simultaneously, and then after that, I did uh, Warner Brothers Horror Made Here, mm -hmm. and that was like the last time it was like a, a professional haunt. The last couple of years have been different. I've had you know a couple nights here and there. I'll do some scaring, things like that. But yeah, there's six all together or so. How many of those were you as a clown? I was like, uh, let's see. I think at least probably five of them. There's always, there's always a way to incorporate a clown. Five out of six? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I was at the, um, the LA Hayride, I was this in this Seven Sin sideshow thing. It was like a freak show tent where you kind of go around and you kind of do this little um, set piece. And I was like gluttony. So I was like the sort of like Jabba the Hutt-esque creature in this like gross suit. And I was like, you know, pigging out on like fast food and like you hear this burping and, you know, interesting concept. Yeah, it was growing people out. The people like, yeah, what is that? <laughs> that was, it was fun. Yeah. And you were in a full on fat suit? It was like this, like, it looked like I was almost like Toxic Avengerous, actually. And it kind of like my body turned into like this, like, wormish thing. It was bizarre. But I had like this 10-pound, like, silicone mask on, which was like, you know, like, after a couple hours, like, this is heavy, you know. So, yeah. I might was it, uh, was, was a mask? Cause I've never been in, uh, that many cool prosthetics and I've seen outfits that you've done where there's a lot of prosthetics, but this sounds a lot more like, uh, up an, an extra level. Um, was it flimsy or was it hard? It was, um, it, it was like firm and, I mean, silicone has a great uh, feel and like very close to human skin as you can get um it's just if, if like enough of it's like uh amassed together it has weight to it so you know and it, it's very very heat retentive too so like you can get hot quicker 
Uh, so, you know, it can, it's something you got to prepare for and like make sure you stay hydrated and everything because, yeah, it starts to take its toll on you, especially the creature suits, things like that. You know, you're fully encapsulated in this heat barrier, you know. I, I, I'm always amazed by anyone who does costumes because uh, I feel like I feel like I am too too dedicated to my own personal comfort to do any kind of costuming. Mm-hmm. Um, where even right now, dressed as Marty McFly, I'm like, you know, Marty lives in Southern California. Well, at least it, you know Hill Valley is supposed to be in Southern California, but this whole wearing layers thing sucks. <laughs> I can't do this, let alone a silicon mask. I know. Yeah, there was. Uh, yeah, it's something you get used to. You know, that was. Like okay, you know, like for like first time you have like makeup on, like oh this is different. Like you, you know, all makeups are different too. There's various levels of like comfort and quality, and like s- stuff might flake off or some stays on. It's you know, there's like a lot of variety out there. But yeah, when you, just, you start getting the things being glued to your body, you know, it's like okay, you get to you know, you get to a point where. It, it's okay. I mean, I'm at the point now where like I really enjoy just kind of sitting there and it's like a it's like a spa session, oddly enough. Just have someone like, you know, kind of doing a thing, gluing a fake nose on and ears. And I know it's pretty comfortable at this point. You know, it doesn't doesn't phase me. I it was because I uh I just put myself through all these things too before I <laughs> like I was all about like the uh like the look over comfort. Like, if it looks cool, just do it. I like the old school monsters, like Lon Chaney and everyone, like, you know, uh, like like Frankenstein and the Phantom. Like, I always thought it was really incredible the things they would do, like put the things in their eyes to like make them bulge. Uh, like Michael Jackson thriller. I thought that was so cool. Watching the making of that, like watching him get like the, the hard slurra contacts put in where it's like a piece of glass basically take your whole eye and like you know it's really impressive you know but like yeah everyone always thinks that like wow it's it's pretty uncomfortable it could be i, I forgot to mention to the listeners because i realized that you know we are a podcast and not necessarily video uh i am in a mario mcfly costume which i'm going to take off the uh red jacket part because uh it's kind of warm in here uh-huh. um i don't i don't think that it's going to get to uh cool weather in a while uh, in California, but what are you going to do? Um, so on, on Facebook, I did mention that speaking of Martin McFly, uh, on Facebook, I was, uh, talking about like, what would be the worst movie? What would be something that I really hate? And, uh, I mentioned that, uh, I don't like, uh, I don't like, well, I like reboots. A lot of reboots have been good. I'm not going to say that I hate all reboots, but I definitely wouldn't want a back to future reboot. Um, if you want to make a sequel, if you want to make a sequel of Doc Brown's Kids, I'm fine with that. Do that to make a sequel. But I don't want to see a reboot with Marty McFly. Um, but then I casted it. Like, if there was a reboot with Marty McFly, who would be, <laughs> who would be someone I would hate? Um, and I casted uh, Nicolas Cage as Marty McFly and Donald Trump as Doc Brown. And you commented saying that, oh, I've done some lines of Marty McFly as Nick Cage. I'm like, that's disgusting. I want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because me and my friend, 
we would just we, our game we would play like let's like take different actors and put them in a role that they weren't in and just like someone like a, a polar opposite of who was cast and just like hear it out and it's just pass the time and crack each other up <laughs> you know like wait a minute doc are you telling me you built a time machine of a DeLorean you know uh you know you're you're George McFly uh you're you know the enchantment under the sea dance with a parent's kiss <laughs> stuff like that <laughs> and when you I mentioned I was trying so hard to suppress laughter because I didn't want to interrupt you, but that last one. <laughs> you know, like just, yeah, picturing like the what if circumstance. <laughs> you know, I could picture uh, a Trump talking about like, I mean, it's pretty crazy what Doc does. We'll have like a lightning bolt going to the flux scare pass. The picture would have the, uh, there'll be a lightning bolt. It will go directly into the flux capacitor, lightning storm. It'll be, it'll be perfect. It'll be beautiful. It'll be wonderful. We'll put it down. You'll go back in time. Your parents will kiss. It'll be it'll be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, maybe maybe uh, there'll be there'll be a, a, a crowd fund for that. You know, if they can. Oh get my God. Cage and Trump together. Like, are you down for this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That'd be ridiculous. Um. Yeah, I feel like uh, hearing your I, I knew I want to hear Nicolas Cage impression and uh, fantastic, spectacular, but I don't know if I want to hear the Trump impression just because uh, I haven't really ever since he got out of office. Uh, I've been thinking about him less and less, which is fantastic. Um, <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah, we we can all breathe a little easier. Yeah, I'm not going the nuclear war via Twitter or something. Uh, he wanted to nuke a storm. When the hurricane was coming, he wanted to nuke a storm. So you're not that far off from him just being like, you know, let's throw a bomb at it. <laughs> Why not? Huh? Let's see what happens. <laughs> now, speaking of, uh, now back to horror that's fun. Um, <laughs> what has been one of your favorite memories from a haunt? Let's see. Uh... Yeah, oh yeah. So it was at I was thinking about this this morning. Um, Spooky World Nightmare in New England when it was in New Hampshire. Uh, it was a night where you know, like we get all kinds of weather. Um, one night it was like raining, and then you know, show would still go on, and then like at some point, like some thunder, you can hear that coming. So you're in the rain, and you're in this thunder and lightning started happening too. I'm like, okay, I thought we were gonna close, but we were still open. Cause you know, it wasn't, wasn't that long, but you know, it was still there. Uh, but I just remember like, I had like a, a specific rain outfit on purpose cause we knew it was going to rain. So I had like, it's like a cheap, like maroon leather jacket. And, like I actually had lined my costume with trash bags. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't get wet, you know, a cheap water barrier. Uh, and I had like a, a, a ski mask, a clown ski mask on. Super simple, so I wouldn't have to do some makeup that would get washed away. And I had like a knife, and I would like slash on the ground. But like I was standing there with pouring rain, thunder, lightning, staring at someone, like wanting to kill them. And all of a sudden, and I felt like such a psycho. It was so cool. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I'm so in it. You know, I'm like, I'm ready. I get struck by lightning, then so be it. You know, <laughs> I'm not break eye contact. <laughs> that must have been awesome seeing the lightning like 
fill the spooky area and seeing all the monsters highlighted by it. It was, yeah. And like, um, and like Litchfield, New Hampshire, which is very woodsy, you know, there was this like Raven's Claw Cemetery, they called it, which was really, it was actually cut through the woods and it was really beautiful looking and spooky. Um, so like, just, I remember being there and like just the lightning, it was, it was so cool. Mm. So a friend of mine, she lived in the East Coast as well. And we were looking at, um, she was showing us her neighborhood on Google Earth. And I feel like the East Coast is just always just horror movie. It's just always a horror movie because uh, as we were panning over her hometown, it looked like the intro on so many scary movies I've already seen because mm-hmm. you're just panning over like spooky forests. Yeah. Yeah, it's just the whole, everything you envision about like Halloween, it's like there, like, you know, if you ever go to Salem, you know, it's just, you can tell it's just like, has an old vibe between like the, like the geography, like the trees, the autumn and like the architecture, it's all encompasses together. It's beautiful and spooky. Mm-hmm. I went to Salem, I forget what year, but it was like one of the few years that it actually snowed during Halloween. And um, I remember the person I was with, uh, his friend was like, uh, hey, you know what? I'm gonna go get some Dunkin' Donuts. Um, do, you, do you want anything? Do you wanna come? And I was like, why would I come get Dunkin' Donuts? There's weather going on out there. There's snow. You're not supposed to go out in the snow. That's ridiculous. Uh-huh. That was the first thing we always do, like shovel the driveway and go to Dunkin' Donuts. You know? <laughs> Yeah, that, that shovel the driveway, no thank you. <laughs> I don't miss that. Yeah. That is a chore that I've never had and I don't ever want it. <laughs> sure, yeah. It's beautiful back breaking work. Yeah. Especially when it gets wet and it's a blizzard and yeah. So what what's what's as someone who has never dug out his car, what what's the difference? Why is why is making it wet so much worse? Well, it's uh well if it gets wet, actually it's, it's good like snowball snow, but like but it gets it's it gets heavier, and if it if, like it's out long enough and it gets frozen, then it gets hard. So you have to like break the snow, and then shovel it. So you have that aspect too, and it's just heavy and you know, just constantly bending down, and yeah, it's like you not careful, you can just throw your back out. You know. Every movie I've ever seen. I always see them dig out their car and it just, it just seems really easy. Just like, you know, slide it in and dumping it out. Um, uh-huh. I mean, I, I, I know on home alone, they salt the sidewalk. So I'm assuming that you salt the ice to make it weaker, I guess. But yeah. How, so you, you, this is so, okay. I feel like I should have already known this, but yeah, that makes sense that the snow would get frozen and you would have to hit it. Like how hard do you have to hit it? That's nuts. Yeah, and like or stomp it. I mean, that's why it's always gets to like shovel as it as it snows, so you don't like wait till it's over and then like oh, there's like three feet and you're screwed. You know, car's frozen in and you're trapped. It gets pretty. Uh, you have some very like shining levels of snow. Gets kind of it's its own like scary aspect, like the weather, bad weather. I mean, like, I apologize. Little... I apologize to every listener who knows what you're talking about and me just be and and laughing at my Californian ignorance when it comes to digging out snow. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, growing up uh, in Massachusetts, we were always told about the blizzard of 78 where people were going home on the highway and literally stuck there 
and they had to leave their cars. And if they didn't, they actually found people dead in their cars on the highway because they were trapped. So it's like, you know, it, it, it can get to that level. It was pretty crazy hearing about that. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay with being in California where there's earthquakes and fire. I know. It's like, yeah, it's, if it's not one thing, it's another, depending where you live. Like, no one is safe. So uh, I yeah. think one place is safe. I'm pretty confident one place is safe. Yeah. Um, I think I mentioned this in the podcast. I'm sure I have because I've mentioned it all the time. But you have, did you watch the uh, old Popeye movie with Robin Williams? Oh, yeah. Um, that set is still standing. Really? Yep. Oh, it's cool. still standing and it hasn't been affected by any weather. I feel like if that's a thing, if, if, if that place is still standing, I feel like that's a sign that there's no weather to fuck it up. Yeah, that sounds cool. All right, everyone there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I remember my my friend, he was like, uh, I was I was mentioning this to him where I'm like, what place is not, what what, what place has the perfect weather? And he brought up some uh, islands, and I was like, oh, but uh, islands usually mean volcanoes. And he's like, oh, that's right. And he looked it up. He's like, yeah, most of the things I listed would have volcanoes. I was like, yep. Mm-hmm. But uh, Popeye. I, I have not found any <laughs> any dangers. That's good. Yet. <laughs> oh. Right? All the spinach you can eat. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was the process in becoming... So you mentioned uh, Horror Made Here. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite shots on your Instagram is of you and the other Jokers just standing together. Um, that was an amazing photo. And it's weird because like whenever I bring up the fact that I love the Joker... People are like, how does that happen? You're you're afraid of clowns. Why are you why aren't you afraid of Joker? I'm like, you know, Joker's never creeped me out. He's got makeup, but he's not full bozo. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no there's no red nose. Uh, you know, and it, it, there's clear differences, but still some people see if they see a clown, oh it's the Joker. Like, yeah, with, with red hair and a red nose and big goof. <laughs> it's it's so silly, and vice versa. Like, oh, are you a clown or something? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, well, I was going to say, what was the process of becoming the Joker for Horror Made Here? Because that was a lot of makeup. It was. It was about, I want to say, two, two and a half hours sometimes. Um, my incredible makeup artist, Faina Rudstein, I believe is how you say it. Um, she, uh, she, she was on Face Off, one of the makeup artists that she got to. But she was the, uh, my personal artist, and she every day would get me all set up uh and you know it's it's big just prosthetic makeup so first we put the prosthetic on the face and then there was a part that would go on the head to cover the hair to have like that joker hairline and then the wig would be attached to that and then all this all this incredible detail work like she would hide all the edges so well like i'm wearing it i can't see oh I, I can't see where it ends and that would blow my mind um you know and she do this uh you know like airbrush and like she just uh, it's all the little details that kind of give depth to things the shading the shadowing uh, it was it was so cool but it, it would take about two and a half hours but uh, like later in the season would take less and less time because like all the artists they like, got better at doing it and it was uh yeah, it was it was cool uh, we would just go in there like we were like some of the first ones there like me and the other two jokers and then two-face because his makeup was very labor intensive as well. 
So we're just there and like people would start gradually showing up as we're sitting there just getting done and, and we break for lunch. So like we just we just have like the joker head like all done up and like we're in like regular clothes eating at like the food trucks and stuff like that. But uh it was a it was a cool process. I always like loved it and it would help me like psych psych ourselves up. I'm like, all right, here we go, let's do it again, you know. And we just you know, chat up with the artists, have a good time. And now this was the Joker from the the design of the Joker was from the Arkham games, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they like really borrowed heavy from like the, the game itself. It's like the Arkham Asylum. There's so much to play with in that game as far as like horror goes. So it was it was really cool. What was I I, I did not see any Two Face photos. I'll have to check it out. Like I didn't know Two Face was there. Yeah, it was really cool. Like he would switch out with the Riddler at certain points. So like every experience going through was a little different. Sometimes the penguin would be in it or sometimes poison ivy and, you know, but the, the jokers were always in it. It was like, cause there was three of us, like one would be at the, um, like the very beginning. Uh, and then one at the end. And I was considered like the floater where I would go in between the two, which is cool. I get to see both experiences with a lot of fun. Yeah. Where the other characters were also were the other characters designed uh, thinking about the Arkham game in mind, or were they themed after something else? Oh, they were. Yeah, I think they did. Um, it was like the Arkham Asylum, then the Arkham City, and Arkham Knight. So like kind of like the trilogy of games, they would kind of have. Uh, yeah, kind of like all those together. So which more, more to work with? Which uh, I'm glad you said that because uh, this episode is going to come out, um, what was it, the, this next Friday? Well, the, okay, so we're recording currently on the 17th. Tomorrow is the 18th, and that's going to be the 10th anniversary of Arkham City. Nice. Mm. That video game is now 10 years old. <laughs> Crazy how time flies, isn't it? Right? Yeah. Um, now, during the audition process was it just a room like I, I i like to envision a bunch of actors all being in a room and just like you 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 know when you hear uh when you hear a murder of crows it's just a bunch of kind was it just a loud soundtrack of joker laughs going on it was it was a, a pretty cool process it was uh we're running to the audition room but like maybe five or six of us at a time and like all right and then it's like right, walk in a circle as yourself and then all right you wanted the character that you're envisioning, like what, how would they walk, and this and that, and like do little mannerisms and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden it was like a one-on-one. -on -one. Everyone's still there, so casting directors talking to you, like like with your character in mind. All right, now, like what would the they ask you questions as like your character? So like, oh, what was how does the Joker feel about Harley Quinn? You know, and. Uh, like, oh, you know, Harley, you know, sometimes she grabs daddy's slippers, or sometimes she really knows how to polish a revolver, or, you know, uh, things like that. Just, like, what if, um, you know, it, it was fun. And then, like, okay, cool, like, how, or how about, the, like, the Riddler? And, you know, just, like, okay, oh, yeah, so summoning, like, what I knew of the Riddler from the Arkham, like, your inferior mind, Batman, you know, cannot stumble my plans, you know, this and that. And then, like, okay, now do... um. Do, do Pennywise, and you're like, what scares Pennywise? You know, like, oh, if, if no one, no one believes in Pennywise, then no one's scared of Pennywise, stuff like that. And then like, do, uh, I do the guy from The Conjuring. So I was like, you know, the guy with like the, the paranormal stuff, like, if you've seen things like that, stuff like that, just can't keep you on your toes and you're just gonna kind of go with it. 
Um, oh yeah, they're like the camp counselor from like uh, what's that place? Uh, Crystal Lake. You know, like hey guys, we're gonna have a great summer this year. It's gonna be awesome. We have a great lake to go swimming. We have activities. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a it was a fun fun audition, and I'm really. Uh, I would have been, you know, happy with whatever I got there, but I got to be the Joker, which was amazing, you know. Looked very I, I stayed away from that place because uh, the advertisement kept teaming up uh, Pennywise with Joker, and I have no interest, <laughs> no interest to see a Pennywise. <laughs> yeah, that was that was yeah. They had a whole whole house to that, and he'd be like roaming around, and yeah, it was it was great. Sometimes we'd yeah. have like two chairs. Yeah, he, there was a Pennywise sitting in like one of the trams, like that would carry people through Crystal Lake, and like I would sneak up behind him, and I like he's like chattering teeth, like, you know. It was like it was great. Yeah, Pennywise here, the one side and Joker that was a clowns to the left and the Joker's on the right, <laughs> <laughs> quite literally. So it was fun. Yeah, that would have sucked. That would have sucked so hard. <laughs> yeah. Especially if someone knows you're afraid of clowns, they're just going to swarm in. So I feel okay. So, when me and my friends are going through Not Scary Farm, um, most people see because, like, I, I, when, when I'm around clowns, I don't make any like scared facial expressions. I get really stoic. I get really, I, I look like I'm really boring. I, my smile disappears and I try to look away. And most clowns think that I'm, <laughs> that I'm too. I'm too tough that I'm not gonna get scared. If I play, if I play that out, I feel like a lot of sexism ha happens too because a lot of the women that I'm with, uh, the clowns will go for them, but they'll stay away from me. I'm like, ha ha, patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I know, my yeah. friend, one year, and I think I mentioned this in the previous episode. Uh, one year, I was walking with my friend Jen, and my friend Jen had her hair up, and there were no clowns. No clowns were uh, coming to us, and she's like, "You know what? I'm gonna try to put my hair down." I'm like that's bizarre that's silly that's not gonna work and she puts her hair down and all these clowns show up i'm like what the fuck <laughs> so what they get like is that like a, they assume like ooh, uh, blowing the hair or something like that like i i don't know i just feel like uh i feel like so many we, we've been trained by so many years of uh sexist horror movies that once the hair goes down they envision like <laughs> The, ah, with the hair flying <laughs> like damsel aspect yeah like or, every monster becomes a creature of the black lagoon where they're like oh i'm gonna kidnap it like <laughs> i know huh yeah so um one thing i really love about your greaser costume is it always reminds me of 13 ghosts um i think he's called the fallen prince i think his name is or yeah, the, 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 uh, the the torn prince Torn Prince, thank you. I believe, yep. He's a dirt dude with a bat. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yes, similar story, yeah. Like, Torn uh, Prince makes sense because he's got the rip on his face, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a whole uh, cool thing where they explain all the backstories for all the ghosts, and it's like that much more interesting when you hear all about it. I'm like, wow. You know. But yeah, he it, he was actually like a like the jock. He got in a race with a greaser, and yeah, he ended up going off a cliff bursting the flame dying you know like tragic you know but as a result he got trapped in that uh that ghost house mm -hmm. 
um, if you were a 14th ghost uh, of the 13 ghosts, because all the 13 ghosts have their own little like nicknames, mm-hmm. I, I've i seen the special features, but I still can't recall why the jackal is called the jackal. Yeah. It's... <laughs> I honestly don't know either. Um because I, I know it coincides with the actual Zodiac too. Like it's like the black Zodiac in that movie and then like the um, actual Zodiac. But I forget exactly why, but I forget what they call it. Well, I know Matt Lillard calls him like the Charles Manson of the ghosts. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, you know, super, super terrifying. So if you were a 14th ghost, what would your title be? So I was thinking uh, either the jester or like the fool. Maybe I'm like cursed to like entertain and be weird and whimsical forever. Kind of like jingly bells. Like maybe like, because uh, there are things from like different centuries, some of the ghosts. So maybe it could be like either from like medieval times or like uh, in like vaudeville. Who knows? Just like a, a street performer or something like that. Just cursed to entertain also terrifying just pops up and you hear like jingling of bells and you know st- stuff like that yeah <laughs> that's uh that would, that would be horrible that would be horrifying i'm glad that none i'm glad that none of the ghosts in that movie are joke are clowns man <laughs> yeah because mm-hmm. i love that movie i really do enjoy that movie um i'm glad there are no clowns in it that would ruin the movie i'd be like all right i'm out i'm done Okay. Uh huh. Um, I I think we need more Matthew Lillard horror movies because I feel like uh just recently um I was watching a bunch of Matthew Lillard horror movies. Like I think that uh, what was it? I think HBO Max has Thirteen Ghosts and Scooby Doo. Um, I don't think they still I don't think they have Scream on there right now. But I was doing just a a marathon of Matthew Lillard. Hmm. Um. Well, no. Okay. I want to go back to what I would be named if I was a ghost. I think it would be yeah. something about me being leftist. I think it would be something about me because I'm 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 ridiculously political. I'm ridiculously liberal. Um, I've been called snowflake way too many times. Snowflake, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> the hammer, the jackal, and the snowflake. And the snowflake. <laughs> <laughs> It's just right. a, 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 cl- a ghost that keeps uh, <laughs> trying to get people to uh, boycott everything that's offensive. <laughs> Throughout time, right? Just, just cancel culture. That's, that's, my, that's my haunt. <laughs> Comes up, like, appears out of nowhere, like, that's problematic. <laughs> <laughs> the, the family walks in, there's hashtags all over their house. Right. What is this? Hashtag cancel the family. <laughs> Always what did I do? You're oh done. damn, that was that's that's a, that's a tweet from a long time ago. I didn't know that tweet was gonna haunt me forever. <laughs> yep, I know that's where you go through like your your uh, yeah all your social media from ever like even like MySpace. I'm like, remember when you said that in like 2004? <laughs> damn, Zanga. <laughs> You lose your career. <laughs> <laughs> I I want to I want to. That'd be a fun movie. Um, a, a skit. Let's let's make this happen. 
have you ever seen a have you seen the hunt i haven't oh wait yes we did yeah we watched it not too long ago okay there's, good. So, many, there's so much media out there I'm trying to keep track of it all right but that was that was a cool movie yeah it just it the, talking about this ghost makes me think of that because i think that uh um satire is a lot of fun and i think that that movie did a really good job at making both sides of the uh, it, uh both sides of the insanity because i don't I'm not one of those types to say both sides are the same, but you can make fun of both sides. And I think The Hunt did it so well. Yeah, it was great. You know, I mean, like we're all in this this crazy, crazy conundrum together. A lot to play with. Mm -hmm. If folks haven't seen The Hunt, what it is is uh, (laughs) a bunch of uh, uh, liberal elites um, gather a bunch of conservative shit posters online and they hunt them. That's right. Yeah. Mm. I think that's a good uh, synopsis that doesn't spoil anything. Worth a watch, definitely. Mm. What has been one of the most difficult costumes that you've made? So that would be uh, for, let's see, when I was still in Boston, uh, I I went to Anime Boston and I wanted to do something cool. So I, I created Raiden from Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance. I, cause I, I, just, I love that game. I thought it was so cool. I really like the way Raiden looked because he looks just super elaborate and godlike. Um, and a lot of the time you can like repurpose clothes, things like that. But with this outfit, I had to make everything from scratch. From the hat, to the outfit, the cape. I uh, even had like simulated lightning. I uh, also pretty much learn how to sew use a sewing machine specifically to like make this like attire you know i've never done anything like that before but it was just very very labor intensive and um it it was so much went into it it was did did you wear any contacts with the white the white contacts to i did yeah um what do you call it it was like contacts there was you know, I just head to toe attire. Like I sprayed my hair gray because like it's a little bit hanging out. Those little details, you know, and there's like so much went into it. Um, have, uh, yeah, that, that's definitely it. I still, I only got to wear it like once or twice too, which is the, the, the dilemma, but I'm hoping to have a, what do you call it? Have it back again one day. Better. That's my, my thing. Getting like use as much use out of things as possible. So yeah. All right. If you bring it back, will you do the same the same Raiden, or will you use articles of that costume and make a Raiden from a new game? Um. Yeah, I mean, I always see like the new the new looks that he has, and it looks like super incredible. You know, I just like it like Raiden's presence. He's just like. He's been in since like the first game, and I just thought it was, yeah, it's a really cool look. So, because what I love about Mortal Kombat is that it always is, it's it's a game that's always evolving. Like they don't they don't mind redesigning their characters. Um, and a lot of times when I do uh, uh, art shows, some kid will come up and they're like, uh, "Can you draw Sub Zero?" I was like, "Sure. Which Sub Zero do you want?" Because my brain always goes to like the first video game Sub Zero, but there's so many different designs that I'm like, I didn't know where this kid's mind's at. I know. Um, 
it's crazy and there's so many so much to play with it's just like a great a great franchise a lot of like great it's like a cosplayer's dream to just like play around with that so yeah it's really cool mm -hmm. so when this episode goes on when we when this episode is posted uh it will be wombat day and uh if you don't know about wombats uh they have some they have pretty hardcore butts and that makes me and i i don't want to elaborate too much into it because a i don't know the science behind their butts you just have to google that on your own um they're just uh they're pretty hardcore they're they are their wombat butts are a weapon on their own um which monster do you think has the best butt so it's a tough question i mean uh i mean there's a lot of wonderful monster booties out there but i think one that stands out the most is uh Linnea Quigley's trash from Return of the Living Dead. You know, first she she just gets naked in the graveyard, which is awesome. And then uh, then she gets eaten by zombies and then comes back and she still looks amazing. So she's got some beautiful zombie butt going on. Yeah. <laughs> and she still kills people like after that. So yeah, you know, it's like that one stands out the most. I just now tried to Google uh, wombat butts, and there's all the science behind it that I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to even try to sum that up because that'll sound stupid. It will sound like uh, you you've seen Home Improvement, right? Mm-hmm. It'll sound like the neighbor it'll, when the neighbor gives Tim uh, good information, very wise information, and Tim blurts it out in a very stupid way. That's what I'll feel like I'll do to, to describe wombat butts. So let me just explain that they are a weapon. Wombat what wombat butts are a weapon and you should check it out. Um <laughs> when I was coming up with this question about what monster would have the best butt and you're right, uh that zombie uh that's that is one sexy zombie. Um I was wondering what what angle you were going to with monster butts because I'm like, man, if he if he's just looking for a really thick butt, uh Godzilla has one of the thickest butts. <laughs> And then, and then thighs. Godzilla's all about thighs, you know. <laughs> Godzilla's thick. <laughs> uh -huh. Like yeah, you know, like Godzilla's got the the arm, the legs, and the thighs, and um, Kong has like the chest and the arms. So like honestly, they just they just need to make it happen. <laughs> I yeah. think the other butt that I remember being mentioned when being created is the uh, uh, fish dude from Shape of Water. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I never saw that, but I'm hoping to. It's on Hulu, I think. I think so. I highly recommend that, only because uh, I'm a big fan of, uh, not only because, but a big part of it is I'm a big fan of Guillermo del Toro. Um, I'm a big fan of Guillermo del Toro, and I'm a big fan of Doug Jones. And you, when those two come together, which is most of his films from since Hellboy, um, I, I I will watch anything with those two together. I don't care. I don't. It, it, it could be a really stupid plot, really stupid title. You know what? Never mind. If they make a con movie, I'm not watching it. I'm I'm a liar. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah. But Shape of Water has some really fantastic performances, and it's beautiful. And uh, yes, there is a level of bestiality, but uh, get past it. <laughs> I know. It's like okay. Just uh, in interspecies fornication. <laughs> yeah. I feel like uh, I feel like Guillermo del Toro just likes to 
make movies with uh, really controversial subjects to add a little bit of extra discomfort for the audiences who are might be squeamish because, you know, I'm watching it and don't care about the bestiality element because it's a movie. It's fictional. Just give me a cool story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. If money and physics didn't matter, what costume would you create? Yeah, so this one's like super obscure, but uh, I'm a huge Donkey Kong like country trilogy fan from like the Super Nintendo era, and I always liked world maps, and particularly this the second uh, game, Donkey Kong Country Two: Diddy's Conquest. You know, it's like the Crocodile Isle, which is like the whole game's like pirate themed. Um, and it's like, it's like K rules, basically his own private Island with like all the different sub places to go. <laughs> I want to create that and wear it. It sounds super weird, but you know, like each place has their own, like, you know, essentially a mountain with a castle on top. There's like a volcano place. There's like a sunken ship and like a swamp. There's another ship right next to it. You know, there's like a, a, a theme park, spook, uh, there's like a spooky place. If I could somehow make that and walk around with it, I'd like to do that and see who gets it. And if they don't, you know, if they don't, the, it's, I think it'd still be cool to look at. At the very least, it'd be cool to make a model out of that. But I'm like picturing like the, the physics of like, okay, I'm going to get that there, wear it, and like be in it. And like, okay, I want to get something to eat now. I got to go to the bathroom now. Like, <laughs> what do you do, you know? That's, I don't, that's, I've asked costumers this question, and I don't think I've ever had anyone say that they want to be a whole video game level. <laughs> I know, yeah, like essentially like the whole world, like uh, in, that, in that game. But I know, like, you know, bizarre, right? That was a side scroller game, right? That was the one where you can. Uh, it's a two-player side scroller. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember. I remember Donkey Kong Country. I just, I'm not a gamer, so I don't know the titles. And when you're like, oh, it's a Diddy's, uh, Diddy's Quest, I'm like, oh, shit. Maybe I'm thinking of another video game. Because I remember playing with my friend where uh, he was Diddy Kong and I was Donkey Kong. And you get to, you know, side-scroll your way through adventure. Um, and that's the game that you're talking about, right? Yep. Okay, yeah, cool. like, you know, it's kind of a dark theme. Because, oh, no, Donkey Kong's been kidnapped. you got to save him, you know. More stakes than, like, oh, my bananas are taken. Yeah. Has there ever been a model? Like, I don't even know how that planet would look like. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I've never seen one. But that, again, that's the thing. I like, I like to do things that like, I've never seen before. Yeah. You know, it's different, you know. Uh, so you see someone sees a world map walking around a convention, like, you know. <laughs> okay, like, what, what, okay, so two things. One, um, when you say world map in a costume, I think of, uh, have you been to the uh, Masquerade Ball of Jareth or Jareth's Masquerade Ball? Yeah. No, or Labyrinth Jareth? I think it's Labyrinth Jareth because L-O-J. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's yeah. Um, I've seen gowns that are designed to look like castles and landscapes. So I'm wondering if that would be the way to do it. Perhaps, yeah. Like, you know, like, uh, yeah, you know, I think if you can think it, you can do it. So, like, again, again I'm more, working with space here, too, working with, like, making these things in, like, a one-bedroom apartment, you know. 
So like even after completing it, where would I keep it? Yeah. Hey guys, this is the couch this is my my giant world map mountain costume. <laughs> yeah. This question was uh, if physics didn't matter. So I understand that. I'm just trying to think of how it would be done. And mm -hmm. I keep my mind keeps on putting you in like a a Glinda gown where it's like a big a big hat and a big fl uh, flowy gown. And I'm just like, I think that would give him enough space to make this costume. Um, and then that comes to the second part is that I agree that you design a lot of costumes that no one has ever seen before, and you do it spectacularly. Um, your jack-o'-lantern costume, I've shown that to so many different people. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the pumpkin with the with the green hair and the little hat at the top of the pumpkin. Mm -hmm. um, that costume, like, it's... I was trying to find, like, my favorite costume of yours, and I can't choose, but that one gets pretty damn close. Thank you. Yeah, it was, it was like, blending in with, like, the club, the nightlife, like, kind of going with, like, a sexy jack-o'-lantern. It's the vibe I was going for, and, like, kind of experimenting, and, yeah, it was fun. Yeah. What kind of, uh, what, what, uh, well, first of all, um, do you have any social media that people should follow of yours? Yeah, I, um... Uh... Got my YouTube channel up and going um, at the beginning of the year and like working on things. Uh, me talking about the, all the makeup creation process, stuff like that. Some of my videos focus around that where I literally turn myself into something. Like the first one I made was the witch from Left for Dead. Like the entire creative process of building it, like uh, like the, the costume, like the ground up and yeah, doing whatever I got to do then like applying it to myself and then bringing it to life and yeah and what, what's your youtube channel so it's called illusion alchemy mm -hmm. it's essentially uh what it's all about like work with what you have at your disposal and everything so yeah to make that illusion and should people should people follow your social media or just go straight well no yeah follow it all follow everything that you've got <laughs> yeah yeah i'm on you know facebook and instagram I have a, a Facebook fan page. I keep it as like a nice online portfolio for myself. Kind of keep things organized, you know. I'm working on a website too. Um, yeah, I'm pretty easy to find out there. So, and it's all yeah. Illusion Alchemy? Illusion Alchemy on YouTube and Instagram. And then Brett Gustafson on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. And uh, second of all, now, now, because I already did the first of all, now we're on the second of all. Um, what advice would you give to someone who's getting into costuming? Uh, just have fun. First and foremost, make sure you're enjoying it, you know, and don't be afraid that nothing's going to be perfect. I've, uh, you know, there's a lot of times you're just going to have those moments where something doesn't go right, but, you know, keep with it. If you really enjoy it, keep with it and, you know, uh, yeah, just get in there and have fun and experiment and just, yeah, lose any any fears you might have because you know we all uh you know nothing goes perfect the first time so just yeah stick with it <laughs>